All right, we are live here on FOW Radio this Thursday evening from the studio of office room. Uh, I am Patrick, your host with me, Danny Danger, uh, Eric's on hiatus for the week. Mika is, uh, well, as we like to say, on location uh, in parts to know. Uh, but how the heck are you, Danny? Danny, can you hear me? Yeah, well, I can hear you now. Yes, I couldn't hear you there for a second. Oh. I am here. There we go. How are you? Doing all right. Um, you know, another week with uh, wrestling at uh, – Limited fan, limited to no fan capacity. So always interesting. For sure, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny um, how this is this afternoon. I was going through WWEshop.com uh, because they have a sale going on, and I was like, I saw the Hulk Hogan wrestling belt, and uh, I needed you to talk me out of buying this shirt. Uh, this yes, belt. yeah. Because uh, I, I was now ready, is, it was in the cart, ready to get purchased. Now, is that a replica of like a Hulk Hogan version of the belt that he actually used? No, it was just time, like a, it, just kind it was of... just a theme. It was a Hulk Hogan okay, theme. Gotcha. So, it was, so what what they've done? I think I guess they got this idea after doing the Yes belt, you know. Um, okay, after doing Daniel Bryan's then, special belt, then they did a uh, Bray Wyatt's funny belt. Yeah, his so. Feet. Facebook, yeah. yeah, and so I guess like, uh, they no, I think it was maybe last year or less than two years ago, they they put out the old Stone Cold belt, um, yeah, the smoking belt, belt, yeah, and then they did one for the Rock, yeah, so the Rock had his own little he, belt too, yeah, yeah. So I, I think after that they saw that hey, wrestler theme belts are a thing, so they did one for Hogan, they did one for Shawn. Uh, okay. And a few others. So they, they have a okay. few out there that are like custom to like the wrestler. So yeah. I, I think uh, they did one like the international and uh, intercontinental championship, I think, like okay. in the old days. So they, they have them like all the colors that, that they used to have them in throughout the years. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. So, hey, it's just, you know, for people who collect those things, it's a thing. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I've met people who have 20 and 30 of those championship yeah. belts, so there's definitely a market out there for them. Absolutely. The Rock is not the only one who has a collection of belts. Yeah. Uh, but he Does has he a nice collection, collection of belts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got okay. a nice little uh, – it, it looks like a trophy case. Okay. I think I saw I've seen, it, like, other guys have those. Like, Zack yeah. Ryder has one of it's, like, and same thing. Like, it's all the belts that he's held, you know? Right. So for Zack Ryder, it's not as many as for The Rock, of course. But I've seen other wrestlers have those too, like have a big trophy case of belts that they've held. Yeah, I know Brett had a big case, like in a big uh, wall of all his belts. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bet he did. But you know, uh, and you know, I have my own version of the uh, the World Championship title, uh, and yeah. it's neat. And I thought, oh man, a Hulk Hogan belt—that that'll be my jam. And uh, you know, 
Uh, but I'm like, yeah, you, t- you turned me out of it. You, you, I saw reason. So instead, I bought a, a Hulk Hogan T-shirt instead. There you go. Because e- so, even on sale, the belt was still fairly expensive. Yeah, three hundred fifty dollars. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a lot when they're regularly priced yeah. at what five hundred dollars. Still, three fifty. Goodness, yeah, it's a whole lot. Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, so, I mean, it's crazy because like they they they're not selling the chairs. I think they they realize we have like a plethora of chairs. They probably just have you know all these collective like chairs from all the years from all oh, the paper okay, Yeah, I think they keep them all. Yeah. Okay. So, well, like yeah. you, I mean, you're supp- as a fan, you can take them with you, but I don't imagine everybody does, right? I imagine they probably a lot get left behind. Yeah, well, of course, because you get a bunch. They probably yeah. print a bunch of extras and all that stuff too. Right. Yeah, because you can think about it. You know, you get all these celebrities who get tickets in the front row. They don't want to yeah. take a belt. They're, they're not a mark like that. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're just there to yeah. see the show and get their face yeah. on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some celebrities get paid to show up. I wouldn't doubt it, right? Some do, yeah. Cross-promotional thing sometimes. The USA Network. Yeah, where they're only out there for like 15 minutes to get their face on TV, and then they go. Right. I think like they did that with like the seats. Yeah, with the Chrisley knows best guy. I think they did that with him one time. They probably do that with him. Yeah, and like a bunch of people like that. They come down there for 10 minutes. Well, it's like whenever they show somebody at a takeover. And they're debuted, mm-hmm. and it's like, here's Matt Riddle in the crowd. And it's like, I've been staring at that corner all night. Matt Riddle hadn't been there, okay? He just yeah. came out, sat there for a couple minutes, and then they, you gave somebody else the seat, okay? Right. Or when they were doing the Mae Young Classic during, like, one portion of the, of the show, it was a group oh, of yeah. ladies. And then later on, it was somebody else. And later on, it was yeah. somebody else. It's like yeah, they were taking yeah. seats right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, I'm happy. I, I I got five shirts instead. I got uh, I got a Hulkamania Lives Forever T-shirt, which was yellow, yeah. of course, red and yellow. Of then course. there was this yellow the man Becky Lynch T-shirt. So I'm like, man, this is okay. a cool yellow shirt. So and it yeah. was apparently it's so like you had to get a yellow shirt. Yeah, yeah, limited edition. Uh, okay. Uh, then I then I got the LWO shirt. They put the LWO shirt back on sale. Okay. Uh, they, they've never had the LWO one before. Now, I actually bought an LWO shirt back the week before Ric Flair disbanded the LWO. Remember when <laughs> when, yeah. when Ric Flair be, what became the president well, of WCW? Flair disbanded him because Eddie got hurt. That was yeah, that was well, the shoot reason was because Eddie Eddie was the leader in the yeah. mouthpiece, and he was in a limo accident, and he got th- he got like broke his ribs and punctured a lung and. And all that. So that was part of the real reason why they disbanded it because now you didn't have a good English speaker right. as their, their vocal point. And, and then what they used as the uh, the storyline reason was, hey, I'm the press. I'm in charge now. I'm going to give you a chance so you don't have to rely on Eddie to lead you to his for his own benefit. Because I yeah. think the storyline was that Eddie was using the LWO for his benefit. Yeah. yeah. So, he was, so he was keeping them down. Well, making himself because he was tired of fighting those guys all the time, so he was trying to fight other people. Yeah, right. So then it's funny because I remember buying this shirt, and then the week after he disbanded the LWO. It's like, but I remember. I I don't know why I wasn't even in the mail yet. I don't even know what I did with that T-shirt. I I saw that I put it on once because I found a photo of me wearing it. Then I don't know what that shirt is. 
Uh, Dude, I have so so I told many myself, shirts that I've gotten rid of over the yeah. years just because, like, they get damaged, they get a hole mm-hmm. in them, or, you know, various yeah, so, over the years. So I told myself, what, since I saw there was there, never seen yeah. it on there before, I bought it. Um, so, okay, that's three. Then I bought a the latest Shawn Michael T-shirt. Uh, okay. So that, that yeah, one was well. cool. No, they, this is black. Okay. With the red heart at the top on the chest area, just a Sean Mike Carbrickage Sean Michaels, gotcha. um, and then I, there's this new uh, Andrade shirt on uh, on the WLeeShop.com that everybody mm-hmm. needs to check out. It's, it's sick. I mean, in my opinion, uh, probably the the best Andrade shirt I've seen. And I'm not saying that just because it's yellow. I mean, that's part of the reason you're saying. I mean. That, that is a big reason why I'm saying it, okay? As I'm going to share this link with you via our private messenger so you can take a look okay. at it. So I but, can see uh, the shirt a little yeah. closer up. But everybody needs to go uh, to uh, to Uh This is a, a brand new, a special edition t-shirt uh, of the representative of the Tranquilo Raza. Uh, you know, and it's got the, the fist in the middle. Uh, it's pretty darn cool. Um, I dig it. And I told myself, it's a yellow shirt. And I've always wanted to have a, an Andrade shirt. And I thought this was the best uh, opportunity. To you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yellow, um, it's Andrade. Yeah. It was calling your name. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got those five. So... That's not and, too bad. And they were all on super sale, so you didn't oh, yeah, the bank absolutely. buying five shirts. Not at all. That's good. It was a great deal. And I don't know why, but I mean I don't know how the distribution of the you know the shirts goes with the wrestlers. I don't know that split. I gotta yeah. imagine that the split's grown a little bit just because you know they could increase the price. I wanna give them the benefit yeah. of the doubt. But it's got to be a better split than what Pro Wrestling Tees does with the wrestlers. I mean, no guarantees. But I would hope that it's better than that, yeah. I would hope they're getting a bigger cut of the money, especially because the shirts are $25 brand new, you know? Well, regular price is $28 now. $28 now, golly. Yeah, they're yeah. slowly, they're, they're getting, they're, I mean, think about it, at the live events, they were like $30, $35, I think now. They used to yeah, be geez. always like five, five to ten dollars more than uh, at the shop. So, it's, and then I, at the I've, shop you got to pay shipping and handling, and so you're still paying the same amount anyways. Yeah, you, you come up. So I thought, hey, I'm getting basically three, sh- five shirts for the price of two, and a, yeah, and a quarter. I'm like, yeah, I gotta get, it. I gotta get it. Um, yeah. So I thought that's great. Uh, and uh, so, Danny, um, what, what what have you watched in the past few weeks? Uh, let's start with uh, let's talk some actual pro wrestling. Uh, yeah, I think people want to hear about anything that I bought myself as uh, the queen <laughs> of FOW uh, joins us live from parts unknown. I mean, you're talking about shopping, so of course I have to come in and talk about shopping and deals. But yeah, yeah. let's talk did wrestling you, too. That's, you... That's... Yeah, did you find I, I, well, I, yeah. on the shop today? Yeah, did you, did you find any good deals? 
Um, I, no, I found deals. some deals, but I, I window shop. I didn't actually purchase the car because uh, you know the there's other essentials that need to be here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Alright, so AW, let's start with them. I didn't watch this week's episode just yet, but I did watch Fighter Fest from last week. Uh, yeah. You guys either see or hear about what went on. Uh, did I say Fire First? I meant Fight for the Fallen. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Wrong show. I heard a little bit of some of the stuff that was going on with um, AEW, but I haven't watched it yet myself. I'm... Okay. I so let me just go over. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let me just go over a couple of things because, you know, I think um, it's okay. Um, not a big deal. Uh, FTR and Lucha Brothers had a great match that I enjoyed. Uh, As I, skipped expect, yeah. I, I skipped the Cody match against Sony Kiss. For fight for the you know? Fallen, or okay, uh, yeah, fight for the Fallen. Yeah. We're still, yeah. so we're still a week back then. Okay. Yeah, last week, last week. Um, great match. Uh, the tag teams, two of the best in the world. Uh, out came the Bucks uh, and Super Kicked. Uh, what was these two guys? Uh, Pepper Sparks and, and whoever's. Uh, yeah, is that what they call them? Yeah. The, They're okay. Butcher and the Blade, right? Butcher and the Blade. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. Super kicked them, and then uh, the elite came out because uh, Kenny joined them, and then they did a, they did a thing where the FTR pour beers on top of Kenny, and you know, of course, FTR wants those tag team championships. Yeah. So now the elite then wrestled against the Jurassic Express, and. Okay, I knew we were going to get something out of this that, you know, I mean, you know, I think what, what did Jericho say in commentary? Something to the extent of, you know, when, uh, when Kenny Omega wears his T-shirt, he's not taking this seriously, right? And so I kind of it's sort like, of agree. You can tell when he wears a certain kind of, in Japan, how he wore clothes. Like if he wore those uh Colorful pants versus when he wore like his like leather black tights, you know. Well, it's you know similar to like Naito does, and the Lij guys do the same thing. Like Naito will wrestle in a t-shirt in the mixed tag matches, but in the singles match where the championships on the line or something, you know, like he'll he'll come mm. out in his gear. Right. So I was expecting this to be like a a, a five star blow away trios match. Uh, but yeah. man, something that triggered me a lot, and I don't know if you guys have seen this on on the on the social media, but there's a a point where Matt gets on the top rope, and he's kind of like tussling with Luchasaurus, and then they uh, what was it? Then then Marco springs more of Jungle Boy to then go over Luchasaurus, and then. I think her credits or something to uh, Matt Jackson. But the thing is, what they show on the camera is that Nick comes over and he's holding Matt and Luchasaurus steady so they don't fall, so then they can do the move. And I'm like, okay, that's terrible. So it was just bad camera work is what you're saying? It showed the wrong part? I mean, part. It, was, it was definitely bad camera work. But, I mean, and not only that big... Not only was it bad, but they re literally replayed like one or two more times afterwards. 
because that was spot. supposed to be a huge. It was supposed to be a huge spot. So yeah, it was supposed to be. Right. It was supposed to be a huge spot, and apparently the base was a little shaky. And of course, you know, this is wrestling. While the the we're supposed to, you know, the good guys, bad guys, but people don't want to get hurt. So, you know, um, whichever Jackson it was came over to kind of steady the the shaking, weebly wobbly pile. And unfortunately, the, the camera angle didn't change because you know this is not something that. Uh, that typically happens during these spots. That was, it was unusual and it was just kind of bad because, again, it would have looked great if it had a runoff without a hitch. Yeah, I don't know. But to me, they just left like a real t- bad taste of mouth because, you know, it's like, come on. You guys should know better. Really. And then it, it was so obvious, like he's holding him up. Yeah, I don't know. To me, that left a, a big, big sour spot for me. Slightly disappointed, but oh well. Well, un- unfortunately, it happens in in wrestling from time to time that that you see how the magic is done. Yeah, that, and that's what I want. It's like I know wrestling is fake, one hundred percent. But come on, make me believe. And and I know that you have to do things, set things up. Don't make it obvious. And please, better editing. I mean, one thing I gotta say, WWE can be very annoying the way they they show that they take things and it, it sometimes. But one thing they will, for the most part, try never to do is they know how to avoid those those spots. I think they do a good job of that. As far as like sometimes, hey, it's like you know, you, you, you try to find it, spot yeah. really loudly. Right. So, they but they also have multiple budget. cameras in the WWE. I mean, more so than um, I believe AEW might have because WWE, when they one right now they're in the PC, but two when they're on the road, they have multiple cameras. They have at least two roaming cameras, and then you know, all the hard cams are throughout the arena. So lots of cameras for them to not you know show these these things. Yeah. Uh, but lastly. Um, we get the, the match that everybody had been waiting for uh, with John Moxley uh, versus uh, Brian Cage. Is, is he still being nicknamed the machine? Or Always. Yeah, was? he's kind of the machine everywhere he goes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, John Moxley mocking Taz. I mean, could you imagine Moxley versus Taz? In like the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, like twenty years ago. Uh huh. Uh, But anyways, yeah. So I think the finish. uh, He uh, what do you call it? Moxley's got the uh, the arm. You know, he's got the arm breaker, whatever they call it. Arm bar. Sorry. Arm bar. Yes. Yeah, he was an arm bar, but he was like right in Taz's face, like kind of mocking Taz and. Taz had no choice but to uh, throw the belt. Yeah. Although you see, you saw that face, and he was just mocking uh, Taz, and then you know, Taz threw in the towel, uh, the giving towel. Um, yeah, giving Moxley the win. Uh, but at the end, Taz is the one that had the last laugh because Brian Cage uh, beat up John Moxley. 
that to end uh, the show. Well, wait, sort wait, of. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no. Cause... Wait, sort of. Hold on. Supposed, well, hold on, I'm getting there, right? So, okay. to end the show, it was ending here, but the, and the lights went out, and that's when I originally thought the show was over, right? And then the lights came back up, and we get a huge return in, you know, everybody's opinion, as uh, Darby Allen is back after, uh, I think it was Cage to try to kill him yes. last. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, but Darby talk returns. About, yeah. Talk about Darby, what he did with that skateboard to Cage um, when the lights came back out. Darby out of nowhere. Dive, diving right into his face off the top rope with the skateboard, yeah. With the skateboard, with no no hands up, no protection. I mean, the machine got a damn facial reboot from that skateboard because that was just ugly. I was just like, oh, good God. There's going to be talk about that. <laughs> Darby can't bring that skateboard or he's going to watch how he has to swing it because he chin-checked the hell out of our cage with that thing. And I was just like, wow, that's a way to end the show, you know, breaking down the machine. So, Moxley mm-hmm. got the win. Maybe a little, uh, you know, a little retribution from Cage, but the real yeah. winner in this was uh, Darby Allen coming and catching, getting those good licks in on Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that that was that that seemed like a, a big thing, and it was I think uh, be, bigger and and I think in my opinion better than the, uh, the, the this week's return. I haven't watched any, but I did the uh, the return was spoiled. I don't know if you guys saw or heard about this week's return. This week's return for um... yeah, AEW and Dynamite. Oh no! I guess I go didn't ahead and tell us. Realize it was I spoiled. I, I'm, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. So, uh, Sammy Guevara oh. is back. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even he go. got a slap on the wrist, basically. Is all. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. got a he, he got a one month suspension, I guess, with that with, yeah. with pay donated to to other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And he came back under the Serpentico mask and took that right. off and. Revealed himself, and everybody's like, "Has he been Serpentico the whole time?" No, of course not. Serpentico, Serpentico, but that was Sammy Guevara being devious. Yeah, uh, let's see, let's see. You know, if he learned his lesson from uh, f- f- from mistakes of the past, we, we shall see. I'm, I'm uh, sure but... he will never say anything like that again because I was just ignorant. So, it, yeah, I, I I think it was cute. The Serpentico unveiling, unveiling, I guess, yeah. because again, you don't have a lot of mass luchadors um, in AEW, so we're right. so used to seeing Serpentico week after week. They kind of, he even is online saying, you know, if Snake Man can wear a mask and a mask, he can do it too. So it's well known that he's there in the crowd, and um, so it wasn't unusual to see Serpentico. It was just the fact that you know here's Savara under there and. You wonder, like, hey, hold on, what's been happening? It was, it was a interesting reveal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think personally, the bigger story out of this week's AEW was the surprise, uh, the mystery opponent for Cody and his TNT yes. Championship. Oh, that one, yeah, Eddie which, Kingston. Yeah, which and I haven't seen the match yet, but I love that. Yeah, being it. Being in a no disqualifications match, Cody taking a, a 
bump in the thumbtacks and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Eddie Eddie coming, getting a promo, saying he was going to pull Arn's eye out and uh, and just, you know, Eddie being Eddie, basically, giving good mm-hmm. promos before the match, after the match, and then having a hell of a fight with Cody during, um, to me, is the bigger news just because – Yet again, Eddie getting a bigger a bigger spotlight to show what he can do and show why he's been one of the best for so long. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I have yet to watch the match, uh, but yeah, I did see that he did make his debut, uh, and I think definitely, I think he's someone who can do a lot of great things there. He's giving you opportunity. I know you have a loaded roster, but man, yeah. if you. If you can continue, once you get post-COVID, uh, and, you know, you, I know that maybe some of the talent they're using now all the time may not be back full-time, but I think, man, I think they have the opportunity here to let him have a good run there. Uh, it, it would be fun because he's one of those guys who really, these days, you don't have a lot of people who are – Great on the mic, you know, and you you see the need for managers a lot. With I don't know, I feel like a lot of people love to talk, but they don't aren't really like very good, you know. And I think Eddie's one of those kind of guys who really well, does stand out. And I think he's a like, great guy who I mean, who can still go, but who could eventually transition into that management role because he's kind of done something like that before. Yeah, I mean, the best thing that Eddie brings to his mic work is authenticity. It feels like – it feels real, okay? It doesn't feel like it's something that he's rehearsed. It doesn't feel like it's something that somebody else wrote for him, um, you know, or somebody else told him to say. It feels like it's from his heart, and that's what it resonates with people. Um, you know, he kind of stumbles over his words a little bit. He, you know, he, and does things like that that – make you feel that the guy's just shooting straight from his hip and that it's not a scripted promo where he's got, you know, it's just, he's just so good at, at conveying that emotion in those words as well. And he's the realist of the real. I mean, he just hit the nail on the head. That, that promo coming out there and surprising everybody. Um, I, I watched it. No joke. I, I watched it about 10 times. Cause I, it just, it killed me because I swear one, I thought he said something about murder one, but then he said murder Arn. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. The fact that he was going to murder Arn Anderson and he told Cody that he was going to, you know, that he was going to beat him. Um, everything about Eddie Spring's legitimacy, um, just from his body of work over the years, every promo is uh, real. Uh, that's just the simplest way to put something that is just so unsimplistic. You watch and you listen to his words, you feel again that this man is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do, that it is not a gimmick, that it is the realest of the real and that, you know, Eddie said he was going to beat Cody within an inch of his life. I I said, hey, Brandy, I hope your insurance money paid up, you know, because I felt that Eddie was going to put a hurting on Cody. He didn't win the match, but he definitely won. Um, helped Cody look even tougher than you know. He kind of felt that Cody was just riding coattails, so to speak, um, from his father's legacy. He kind of you know didn't have that respect for Cody. He had to respect the beating that Eddie gave him, 
and the fact that he was able to stand and hang there with uh, somebody the caliber of Kingston. So hopefully AEW does not the right thing, the only thing they should do, which is get Kingston on that roster permanently and let him go. Uh, in, in the words of uh, one uh, Funaki, indeed. But yeah, uh, exciting that now they they have uh, announced uh, a, a, a w does that they are bringing back their next uh, show. I think uh, Bloods and, and Guts. I think is that still happening? Is that supposed to be happening at some point? Um, So I don't, I don't know if that's still something that is happening. I think that was supposed to happen back in March. Yeah, but and then, then everybody then, realized having yeah. blood and guts everywhere probably wasn't a good idea. Probably not. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure when that's coming back, if at all. Like, I haven't heard about that show being um, – being scheduled or anything, and I, I don't know, it's like, I, the rest of the show I had on mute, so I don't know if they promoted any uh, newer uh, shows, any big pay-per-view type show, but there's still that Bloods and Guts match they're supposed to have, who knows if they'll have it, um, because it, they, they, I mean, the Elite in uh, Matt Hardy did have that match against uh, the Inner Circle, yeah. uh, in In the uh, in the other the pay per view what was it called? It was like three pay per views ago. Um, yeah, the um, one that they did the the, the pre tape thing in the, the stadium next. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, Bash of the Beach. No, no, it's not Bash double of the Beach. Double or nothing. It's a double or nothing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was a double or nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. Bash of the um, Beach. I forgot Bash of the Beach. That was one of the Wednesday shows. All these shows I got me all confused right now. Yeah, because they all they all look the same because they're all from the same undisclosed arena. Pretty much, they kind of lose their unique, whatever made them unique. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so interesting to see the things they're doing, and uh, yeah, Vicky Guerrero being now a officially part of the roster as she's managing Nyla Rose. I think that that's good, uh, good pin right there. Yeah. The, the now, now that uh, Vicky has graduated from uh, from the university, uh, I don't know what year she was in, but you know, she graduated. Now she doesn't have to worry about school. I yeah. I, I, I don't know, but now she doesn't have to worry about her studies. Uh, so she is yeah, free. Spend time going back to wrestling. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and hey, at least for right now, she doesn't have to. She, I mean, she just has to go to the same place all the time. Not sure where she That's lives. True. I don't know if she's in Texas or in uh, California, but she just go back and forth to Florida. It's not like you got to go from town to town to town. A touring, uh, yeah, a touring no. schedule. Yeah, you just go. That, that could be exhausting. Whatever for a few days or something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so now I did want to talk about uh, Impact Wrestling and their and their Slammiversary show. A lot came out of that, but I feel like without talk, without Eric here. We're missing a big part of it, so yeah. Because you guys super fan right now. If yeah, you want to wait on a week on that, I definitely do. Talk with us next week. We can save Slammiversary. 
Yeah, I, 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 I mean, think a whole he lot, would be... A whole lot happened, but I think he's he's the big super fan who will get into it. Yeah, I, th- I think he would be uh, disappointed if we talked about it with him because uh, I know he was uh, very, very excited about yeah. the show. Uh, did you did you watch the New Japan Road Show that they had this week? I did. I, I haven't watched, watched the Road yet. Show. It, it took me a couple of days to watch it, but I watched it. Um, you know, standard Road Show mixed tag matches, setting up the uh, singles matches for uh, this Saturday. I mean, it was a good show. You know, interesting show, um, but nothing really stellar. You know. Yeah, I mean, it was all multi-man matches, right? And yeah, yeah, think, uh, yeah, just preview matches for the... Because at mm-hmm. the Sengoku Lord show on Saturday, right. they're, um, they have singles matches that, you know, Okada versus Jujiro, and then El Desperado versus um, Shingo for the Never Belt, and then Evil versus Hiromu for the, uh, for the double championships. So, uh, yeah, the mostly just tag matches to set up those bigger matches for this, this Saturday. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the main event there with, uh, evil and, and, and Hiromu. Uh, that's, uh, that's going to be a really fun match there. Uh, Takagi and El Desperado, uh, for the never open weight. Uh, this should yeah. be another good one. Uh, yeah. Okada, Okada versus Yuhiro Takahashi. I'm still. Yeah. I'm ex- don't get I'm that. expecting a whole lot. Of, well, you. I mean, you understand the reasoning, but. Yeah. Um, but I. Yeah. I. Yeah, I like what Yujiro said in one of the post-match comments where he said, "I know I can't reach Okada's level, but that won't stop me from bringing him down to mine." So I expect a lot of Bullet Club shenanigans with Ghetto and Giotto and trying to use weapons and distract the referee. I expect a lot of those kind of shenanigans from this match. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's still pretty much a uh, seems to be a slam dunk for mm-hmm. Okada to just go ahead and crush Yujiro and, and get a little bit of revenge against the Bullet Club once again. Yeah. Uh, the, the opening match is uh, – it has been tricky with the Ishimori uh... – you know, uh, and Uyamura uh, going one on one. I don't remember the last time they opened the show with a singles match. They usually do like a, a two man or three uh, tag match or yeah, an man. So, but yeah. here um, you get one of the young lions getting a shot against uh, the uh, Bone Soldier. So that's yeah. uh, that's gonna be interesting. Uh, yeah. And of course, your plethora of uh, multi-man matches with chaos members and those uh, over numbers and yeah, yeah. Suzuki gun. Uh, yeah, so that's gonna, that's going to be fun uh, to watch. Uh, yeah, but there, yeah, there's a lot of uh, shows coming up. Uh, you know, in addition to Sakura, have you guys started watching those uh, uh, Lions Break shows on uh, Action TV? Break Collision. I've I've, well, they're also on uh, njworld.com. They're also on njpwworld.com. Are they? And I yeah. think they're on. Yeah, they're on Access. I think they're somewhere else as well. You can view them uh, on Fight TV. Maybe you can buy like the whole season's worth because they're going to release one episode a week for X amount of weeks. They're interesting. Mm. It's um, you know, it's all of the LA dojo area. So it's some of those guys plus, I guess, guys they're taking a look at. Um, yeah. 
and then some of the coaches, you know, Rocky, and then of course TJP and Jeff Cobb. Um, you know, saw this on week three. We this past week we got the debut of Tom Lawler. Yeah, um, I heard about that one. I have yet to watch it either, but yeah, that's I think good. their big announcement. Was having yeah. Tom Waller join the roster. Yeah, yeah. It was only it's you know, it's like a thirty minute show or whatever, thirty, thirty five minutes. So they give you a couple matches and then you get a little you know, a couple promo quick promos. So it's mm. it's it's kind of like AEW Dark is to mm. Dynamite, you know. New people that are maybe giving a tryout, people you know, you're kind of watching as they evolve. You know, the big thing of course is Carl Fredericks, you know. Uh yeah getting his, you know, he's, he's graduated from the Young Lions Dojo, but because the way the world is, he can't go on, there's nowhere to go to excursion to. Right. So he's just basically graduated. He's training jujitsu, you know, at another gym or whatever, and he's now got this cocky attitude right. um, and is challenging Jeff Cobb and stuff. You know, I do find it interesting how, like, I think New Japan, uh, with this, uh, with this uh, American no, I won't say promotion, but American brand that they've yeah. built very, very slowly. You know, you do like you said, very small shows, uh, limited number of uh, wrestlers in the roster. But yeah, it's, it'll be interesting what it, what it looks like in a few years as they continue to get a you know a better you know a, a, a more uh, bigger. Uh, a more established like, uh, presence. American where, roster, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, may, may never be as big as it, it is in New Japan. I think it never will be. But I think that in New Japan, maybe establishing themselves to really become a real, you know, American promotion, at least with, you know, New Japan America, that they could really legit become a contender, you know, in one of the major promotions. Uh, I mean, if they really invest in it in the next few years, it's. I mean, it's very possible. Like you said, it's a very slow build right now. You know, they had a handful of the Japanese stars throughout the Southeast tour. Um, you know, and then some of their American people at the LA Dojo, some of their kind of veteran type people that they picked up and they're working with. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, if they continue to push it, it could definitely be a contender as far as one of the top promotions in the in the u.s especially you know non WWE, non not without an american television outlet right now right uh it'll definitely be interesting but mika what do you think about new japan do you see them be be able to become you know even be in the top five uh american wrestling promotions here okay she may be out of location right now, uh, yeah, but on assignment. I don't know. I th- I think I think they could if they re- if that is really a if that is a goal for them. I think they could be there. I you know they could even be if top three maybe, but that'll be they they'll have to sign a lot more bigger names. But you know what? I'll tell you one thing. They could attract those bigger names if they really wanted to. I mean, it's very possible. Um, it really is. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very possible that they could get bigger names yeah. and get I mean, uh, I'll... some 
other than just the New Japan people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because imagine, you know, you get a shot at New Japan Pro Wrestling America. That means you may one day be able to wrestle a match in the Tokyo Dome, and it could be rated at least at the at the very least five to seven stars. I mean, that's it's very very possible. You know, is is the only way you're gonna get it is by doing it in Japan. Apparently. In Japan, in the Tokyo Dome, is the only way you're gonna get right. fifty stars. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll be sure. But yeah, this summer with uh, Summer Struggle, the, starting the day after. Uh, after Sengoku Lord, uh, May 27th, well, two days later, May, through, May 27th through the 16th, they're going to have a whole lot of shows. Um, I don't know if they announced the, their next big show after that. I know they were supposed to have uh, that show in New York uh, in yeah, August. That one of course, was... that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting now. Uh, WWE. Uh, let, let's go ahead and uh, move over to uh, big dogs of pro wrestling and sports entertainment. Uh, before we get to the horror show, Extreme Rules, uh, uh, big NXT episode this week, uh, an interesting one. Uh, opening the show with big news that uh, Keith Lee uh, was going to. Uh, let uh, you know we'll vacate the United States Championship. Give somebody else a chance to bask in his glory, um, and follow his footsteps. So, uh, not only is he relinquishing the title, but uh, between now and uh, Wrestle and uh, WrestleMania, NXT Takeover 30, or as people may want to call it, Triple X. Uh, there will be a, 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 I think a six or seven man battle, uh, the battle royal ladder match uh, for the United for the did I say United States Championship? Yeah, you keep saying you keep fumbling with United States Championship. I don't know why I got the United States Championship on my mind. Uh, the North American title. Uh, so we got a North American title ladder match at. Uh, NXT TakeOver, which is officially announced for August 22nd, uh, which is the day before the SummerSlam uh, was scheduled to take place, uh, which will, of course, still be taking place, but uh, like we all expected, will not be happening in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, but instead... Uh, most likely, it'll be happening uh, in uh, Orlando, Florida, in the Performance Center. Uh, but yet, yeah, NXT Takeover 30 will be happening the night before. So, right now, so far, we have one person uh, who has uh, earned their spot, uh, and that is uh, one uh, Bronson. Uh, Reed. Reed. My goodness. Where am I with names today? So I like that. Uh, getting that. that I mean, I, what's, who, who was who won the first ladder match? Was it, was it uh, Adam Cole that won that um, ladder yeah, match? Adam Cole was, that take Adam over? Cole was, yeah, Adam Cole was the first winner of the uh, North American Championship. Yeah. 
So this is going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, I like the Brunson Reed. It's got a shot here. He's a very athletic big man that I think will do uh, really fun things in this match. Yeah, I mean, it's Bronson Reed over the last few weeks has kind of gotten the the push up and um, interesting to see. And, um, you know, I, I think he could do – he could put some, some big damage in the ladder match. Yeah, so I, I don't know who else they could put in there. I mean, obviously it looks like Roddy and Gargano won't be in it. Um and I feel like there's still um, things for Gar- for Loomis and Roderick to, to do there. Uh, they could probably have some type of gimmicky match. Um, and I think uh, with the, the main event uh, that we saw, we most likely are heading to Keith Lee versus Karen Cross also as a match. Uh, I mean, it, it certainly... It certainly seems that way with um, with the way that they set it up, and and you know he was Loomis was there like hurting Dijakovic in order to uh, to try and hurt you know or to get to Keith Lee. But yeah, so it'll be uh, interesting. Now the next match for the for uh, the qualifier for the ladder match uh, will be Finn Balor. Versus Dexter Loomis versus Timothy Thatcher. So that has been announced as the next qualifying match. I mean, that's a heck of a trio right there. It's going to be rough. Yeah. It's going to be a hard-hitting match. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, Timothy Thatcher and uh, Oni Lorcan in another beautiful match uh, on this week's uh, NXT. That was a treat. I was not expecting but it's a treat we all deserve. Mika, the queen, you're back. Great. Um, are you excited for NXT Triple X? Uh, I, I, I heard you call it Triple X, and I feel that that's not PG, but okay. Uh, yeah. It's just a reference uh, to the Vin Diesel movie, okay? It's, yes, it's yes. It's giving a course promotional. Right. Yeah. Are are, are, are they like getting Vin any Diesel. revenue or something? You know, you know how WWE is. If they're not getting paid for it, they ain't gonna use it. So, um, yeah. I am excited for it because the crowning of a new North American champion in a ladder match is going to be no pun intended, phenomenal. Um, so looking at the list of people as they try to go through and do these little you know, qualifying matches leading up to it. NXT does a good job just kind of keeping everybody like on their toes. So I didn't expect Keith Lee to relinquish the title, but I'm kind of glad that they did because again, it gives us a whole lot to look forward to as we roll into uh, TakeOver 30. Not sure. Yeah. I, I, th- <laughs> I also think that, you know, this uh, double champ thing is happening too often these days. Well, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's getting, a little played a out for the women. Yeah, it, it's yeah, starting to get especially. overdone, I think, with everybody. So I think that I I, I don't believe we were going to see this happen again. Uh, and not, it's not definitely all together because again, it, yeah. was, it was a, it was a bit much to have so many double champions at one time, considering it had been such a 
a lengthy time period that you actually had a single double champion, but now with the brand splits and NXT coming aboard, to, mm-hmm. you've got so many champions, and um, especially for the women, it's going, where's everybody else? Why are nobody else worthy or stepping up enough to hold a title so that there's not, you know, double champions just roaming about because, because why? So, right. makes sense. I understand, but uh, I was not expecting it so soon, I think. I think I was expecting maybe one defense of both titles and then, you know, a split. But, hey, they, they, they threw a curveball. Understood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, I did, I did want to get, get your thoughts here. Uh, well, two things I have questions for you. A, uh, who do you like uh, between the next uh, the next match to qualify for the ladder match? Uh, Finn Balor, Dexter Loomis, or Thatcher? Um, I, I really feel that I am a Finn fan. FF, okay. Um... <laughs> But I really feel that they're high on Thatcher, um, and Thatcher is going to pull that off. I think it'll be interesting to see him in his style in a ladder match, considering that that's not his style at all. So you know that there's going to be people stretched across these ladders and just all types of weird angles, and that's going to look good as they scream in pain. So I think Thatcher's going to win. I hope Finn does. Loomis is... He's a good steady guy. I mean, they they did the whole little angle with him and um, over when he was kidnapping part of, you know, I, I was going to call them. I don't know what I was going to call them, but um, Adam Cole's little buddies, baby, buddy babies. Uh, but he hasn't stood out enough to, I think, warrant this kind of opportunity for the North American title. Um, so I think Thatcher is going to pick up the win, but it's still going to be a heck of a match between those three guys because each of them brings something different to the table as far as character work goes, but also wrestling ability is just off the charts in that match, that one match. Yeah. It'll definitely be interesting to see. Uh, all right. Well, uh, one of the reasons we're here. Uh, the the horror show at Extreme Rules. Uh, was it a horror show? Uh, I mean, I not in the in the way they intended. Yeah, not in the way they intended. Horror show. You mean for the they didn't mean fans. it because I thought they did a good job at it. Well, let's start uh, at the beginning. Um, did not see the uh, kickoff match, but I heard it was a good one with Owens and uh, Murphy. Uh, I believe not a, a long one, but a, a good one. Did you, either of you watch that the pre-show match? Uh, yeah, and it you know it was a it was a good match. I like Murphy. I like KO. I thought it was funny how on Twitter KO is now calling himself Kickoff KO. Um, you know because he was on the kickoff show. Um, but uh, you know I I really enjoy Murphy's work and I'm. I hope they give him a bit more of a spotlight than just mm-hmm. kickoff matches. Yeah. He's not going to get more of a spotlight uh, outside of being a Seth Rollins disciple because he's too short. 
he's got the build. Yeah, because he's height. He's two. He's two oh five live. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 a vanilla midget in somebody's book, so that's why he's on the kickoff show. Uh, I don't know why KO is kickoff Kevin. Um, I mean, other than the initials just kind of work and it flows, but um, it's almost as if they don't know what to do with him as the writers. Like, hey, what do we do with Owens? We've had him feud already with Seth. We've had him do this. We had him do that. So I did not watch this match because um, it was kickoff and I was getting popcorn. Not really. I didn't even know about it. So mm. I'll go back and I'll watch it. Uh, well, the, the main show starts with the Tag Team Championship match, a tables match. Uh, the New Day defending against uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. And 10 minutes later, we have new Tag Team Champions. As uh, Kofi goes through uh, double tables, I think. Yes, he two tables. tables. They tried to kill Kofi. Bastards. Oh, sorry. It was, uh, it was a double table stack. One on top of the other, and Kingston, um, <laughs> he should have sent up an SOS because he was going down. I'm sorry. I'm full of puns. Oh. But, yeah, Cesaro and uh, Shinsuke. New yeah, well, so he was SOS. Well, he was SOL. I mean, he was shit of luck when he went through those tables. But I think we, I think we're now going to have to start saying Cesaro is one of the greatest tag team wrestlers in WWE. You think about all the tag teams he's been in, all multi-time tag team champions. You know, I mean, think about you had him and Jack Swagger, you mm-hmm. had him and uh, Sheamus, you had him and Tyson Kidd, yeah. um, you had, you know. Now him and Shinsuke. I want to say there's one or two others in there that he was that he he was a longer term tag team guy. But I think you have to put him as like the tag team specialist of this generation. You know, Christian yeah. was Christian and the Miz. You know, have their own long standing tag team reigns as well with multiple partners. But I think you have to put Cesaro's name on that list. Yeah, uh, I, I, absolutely. I mean. He's been put in different positions. It's kind of like, okay, we don't know what to do with you. We'll put you on uh, uh, in a tag team. In a team and, with whom, with this guy, and we'll see what happens. And yeah. then it works really well. And they so make the well. most of it. No, yeah, he and makes no the best really out of every again. situation. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you just put him in a tag team. Hope hey, something for you. But then they make magic. I mean, look, I think him and Tyson Kidd. Uh, seemed like a very, very odd uh, pairing, yeah. Do put together and and look, they 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 did their things, won the uh, tag team championships. Uh, they yeah, they, they got really over. That's that, that's the other thing, right? Not only did they find success, but they get over with the crowds. Yeah, and I think Cesaro is find a way to be over as a tag team specialist, but also as an uh, uh, as individual you know let's not forget he won the inaugural under the giant battle royal right and yeah i think absolutely to me i think you, you gotta think that he is uh, i think what seven time now maybe eight times no yeah this is the seventh time uh tag team champion uh so yeah and let's not even forget you know 
you know, he he's part of one of the possibly uh, one of the greatest tag teams of all time with Chris Hero in the in, that's, in running that's the never, Yeah, that's never had the opportunity at WWE. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, can you imagine if they had put them together when they were both in the Fed? I oh mean, they had opportunities, and they yeah. they just kind of kept them apart for whatever yeah. reason. And now that ship may have sailed forever if Chris Hero is a free agent. You know, I assume he'll he'll retire as a free agent. Yeah, but you know, uh, I think we may see them tag at least one more time. I, it'd be nice to see them to have that that one last hurrah. But yeah, I, yeah. So I, th- I think it was great. It was a really fun match. Uh, I think one of the things about uh, Cesaro, not Cesaro, but the New Day, is they thrive in these type of gimmick matches. Uh, you know, ladders, tables, whatever. You name it. They, they, they're they really fun and entertaining. So, yeah, but Cesaro and Shinsuke, you know, tag team, can we see uh, what happens going forward? Uh, hopefully a long uh, reign for these two guys. To me, I don't know. Shinsuke, they, they've done different things with Shinsuke, but I think there's Shinsuke. Shinsuke's a keeper. I think he, he'll probably will stay. Uh, you, know, you always hear these rumors about, you know, the about. Japanese wrestlers come over and then they don't, it doesn't work out for them. Then they eventually get displeased and go back. Yeah. But I think but. for the time being, Shinsuke is enjoying what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, so next up uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey uh, defeats Nikki Cross. I don't think we we, we nobody thought this was going to be uh, the result was going to be anything different here. Yeah, I think we all pretty much took Bailey, but um, you know the match was still fun. Uh, yeah. Still good to see Nikki get that singles title shot. That she, I mean, really hasn't had a singles title shot since she was in NXT, no. um, yeah. and had that last, you know, the the fall or the last woman standing match with Oscar. So it's, uh, it was really good to see her get that spotlight. But yes, we knew we knew Bailey was going to retain. We knew Sasha was probably going to get involved some way, shape, or form. Bailey no. goes don't. I mean, come on, come on, come on. Knock, knock. Ding, dong. We knew what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, ding, dong. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, ding, dong. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, I don't know. Eye for an eye match. I personally was surprised that this was on so early in the show. I, thought, I assumed it was a main, yeah. it was a semi-main event match, being that it was, you know, a scary kind of match where you had to rip somebody's eye out. I I thought the same. I thought this was going to be maybe the main event of the evening, uh, especially with the uh, swamp fight being a uh, non-title match. Also, um, yeah. But yeah, so supposedly, I mean, the match was good overall. I nothing mean, to, I guess nothing, to, yeah. nothing to, you know to rave about. But you know, they they pretty much did the thing, just tried to stick things in their eyes, sockets the whole entire time. Um, yeah. Until eventually, uh, Seth Rollins pushed 
Uh, Rey Mysterio's eye on the uh, steel stairs, steel steps. Uh, oh, the corner of the steel until steps. his eye popped out. I did not see an eyeball. So nobody did. Nobody did. Okay. Fairly safe because he made him peel. So nobody saw an eyeball, but if you looked at this match, you saw Ray's mask. He had one eye covered and one eye uncovered. Then when they got ready to do this, um, this spot, spot. He, yeah, he uncovered that eye. So I think we were supposed to see some kind of perhaps prosthetic uh, be introduced as an actual, you know, eye of Ray Mysterio's. I don't know if that suddenly got deemed too gross or something that we did not see it, but we did see something that was entirely unexpected and gross when um, Seth Rollins experienced morning sickness ringside at the um, outset of Ray's missing eyeball. Um, basically, Seth puked, and I was not ready for that. I was in the middle of eating, and I was like, what the actual blue is this? Why were um, you eating during the eye for an eye match? Let's go ahead and ask that question. That seems more because disgusting I expected, than, I, than I expected if, the match than to if be a guy vomiting. I expected the match to be one of those cinematic sort of deals. I honestly thought they were going to do some kind of weird cutaway or some kind of grainy feed or something, like slow it down and slow motion it or something at the actual eye pop. I really thought they were going to do something, quote unquote, special camera work with this whole eye, you know, being extracted type deal. I didn't think they were going to, you know, actually pull the man's eye out of his head. Um, and so I was not expecting, I was not expecting puke. I mean, I was expecting an eyeball. I was expecting a prosthetic eyeball. I was not expecting Seth Rollins to be giving a shout out to Becky via him losing his lunch. Yeah. I don't think Mika was expecting puking to, yeah, to be happening. I think Noah was expecting puking. I, I still don't understand why it was peaking? I expected an eyeball. Okay. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. I, I'm still disappointed that with all the cinematic uh, ability that they have, uh, they, they can come up with an eyeball. Come on, you you done worse. Look, look, I was expecting because just the positioning of the ref at that point. Um, I think Ray, right before um, Seth had him positioned to go onto the steps, I think he was kind of close to the ring. Um, almost like you could reach under, and the referee was right there with him or whatever, quote unquote, checking on him. So I was thinking at that point, that's when we were going to see the handoff if the camera wasn't good enough of him giving him the eye. But no, no. We didn't. It wasn't. Didn't go down like. That. Yeah. It, it it was definitely interesting. A little disappointing. Um. There. I, I wanted to see an eye, and I didn't see the eye. Uh. You know. And I had both my eyes ready to see an eye. Yeah. And I didn't see it. So. Alas. It, 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 I think I think 
the horror was that we didn't get to see in that. Maybe that was maybe maybe that was the gimmick. Maybe that maybe it was uh, Vince McMahon trying to play the fans, thinking that we're gonna see a night. I mean, and I he swerved us all, like he does. Mm. It's only his amusement. So then uh, we get uh, Oscar defending. Uh, the Royal Women's Championship uh, against controversy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it was a good match. I really enjoyed it, uh, as we would expect from these two. Um, but the ending, yeah, was definitely uh, a little funky there. And um, Bailey coming in and hitting the belt and then – Pulling the ref shirt off of the referee to be able to count the pin. So, you know, and then walking out with the belt while yeah. while Oscar was still down. Um, I mean, technically, it's the official ruling is no contest, being that we saw on Monday. Steph said they'd be having a rematch with where kind of like a must be a winner situation um, in order to crown who would be the real women's champion. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I enjoyed the match. And, of course, the finish we weren't supposed to like, but uh, I guess they did Yeah, I would much rather have seen a clear-cut winner and loser in that match. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, the title can't change hands uh, by disqualification. Uh, and, you know, it mainly interferes, then... Yeah, that's gonna that that that's gonna make it interesting. But yeah, that the whole thing is like it was kind of funny how Bailey just made herself the referee, um, like ripped his shirt over his head in order to put the shirt on and be like, okay, I'm the ref now. Let me count it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, that was already taped yesterday or not yesterday. Uh, on Monday, on they, they taped the, yeah they taped the show so ahead. Monday or Tuesday? Okay. Yeah, they did both Monday. It. Yeah. Gosh. So, uh, which looks like here it may also be Kerry uh, Saints' last show. Yeah, that's what every, that's what everybody's saying. Yeah, that she was filming her last part of the week, and uh, then she'd be heading back to. Uh, Japan. So, yeah. Up within a few weeks, so they were gonna. That was their writing her off the story, I guess. Whatever we'll see. It, it, it is a shame that we did it. not. Yeah, it's a shame that we did not get to see the pirate uh, rule on her ship. Yeah, for WrestleMania this year, nor nor did we. It you know like we were supposed to see the match between I Oscar and Kyrie. On this Monday, after you know, yeah, okay. Um, All right, so uh, next up, Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler in a Extreme Rules match. Extreme for Dolph. Drew had to play by the rules. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Extreme Rules match, uh, one-way street there for 
uh, Ziggler, uh, McIntyre, you know, could, could, you know, had to play it straight, but you know, still did, you know, kind of backfired for good old Ziggler there. Yeah. You gotta say I demand a recount. He, boy, was, huh? he was cheated. No, he wasn't. He cheated himself. And he got schooled by the rules. He was by cheated. He was cheated because he was. That doesn't make sense. Yes. It makes sense if you're a true believer like we are. I'm speaking in multiples because Eric is somewhere going, yes, y'all just don't hear him. I do. Mm, so you're hearing sure. voices now, is what you're saying. I mean, sound more like a Randy Orton, Orton fan. Like I mean, Randy's okay. We would not disrespect Randy yeah. here. Well, so Ziggler came up short yet once again. Uh, so even even with the rules tilted very heavily in his favor. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, you I can mean, say Dolph screwed Dolph. Mm-mm. First of all, he would never. He's flexible and all. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right. Are we ready? The main event of the evening, not of the show, but of this of the horror show. Swamp match. Where do we want to begin with the swamp match here? Something. There was a swamp. Yeah, that was weird. Like, who, who the heck was he fighting? He was fighting all these people. I mean, we couldn't see who these people was. At one point, he was fighting himself. Yeah, your greatest enemy. That is. It sounds like you're talking to us from uh, from the swamp. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> from the swamp itself. Uh, yeah, that's the best way I can put it. Yes, it it does it does sound like that. Danny's been taken to the swamp where Bray Wyatt is. Danny Wyatt. I mean, is that what's happening now? I mean, yeah. Maybe Mika Villas is not the only one in parts unknown. I mean, Danny just got transported to parts unknown right before our very ears. Uh, yeah, for for me, okay. ear. Unless, huh. unless he's talking in the one ear, and I don't have. Who knows? I could have. No, I've got. Um, I've got two here, and it's a. Uh, yeah, I'm probably hearing how you hear right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I yeah, welcome, welcome to my world. Uh, okay, so a lot, a lot to uh, go through here. So he's fighting a bunch of, um, you know, right, uh, white family members, including himself. He's uh, terrorized. Uh, eventually, fi- finds Bray. Bray's got him tied up in some type of cabin or something or uh, swamp house or whatever you call it. Uh, you know, 
to congregate at the Wyatt family compound is yeah. what I was supposed to be. Uh, I, and I, I don't know what was going to happen here. I mean, you got, you know, brought all chained up. I don't know what happens when you chain somebody up in the swamp. Uh, but Nothing the, biggest que- the biggest question of all is this now. Is Alexa Bliss sister Abigail? I don't. I hope to hell she wants to. Um, you want Team Big Little? We hear you now, but still not quite there. I heard him say something about Team Little Big. Yeah, I'm saying Alexa okay, just wants go. him to return to Team Little Big. <laughs> That's all she, she wants. She wants. She's not back. Sister Abigail. She just wants her monster back, and they want another mixed match challenge. Um. On the Facebook Live. On the on the award winning Facebook Live. Um, yeah. I don't think Alexa's sister Abigail. I think Alexa was supposed to stand for one of those things that, <clears throat> as a monster and a man, both want. They want that kind of love from something pretty, and to own or possess something pretty, or to have something pretty want them. I don't know. I could be going really deep here, but Pretty Girl You're probably monster. going deeper than you, than you need to um, pretty girl, for WWE monster, course, television. Pretty girl, pretty girl wins all the time. Look at King Kong. King Kong went crazy for a Pretty Girl and Bronze and Monster go crazy for Pretty Girl. He does anything Pretty Girl wants. There we go. <laughs> I broke it down a little bit less. <laughs> But no, she's not um, Sister Abigail. She doesn't have it. She's not. Sister Abigail raised the Wyatt. So Alexa, <laughs> a goddess that she is, because I know that's Patrick was going to say, is not the goddess of the swamp and responsible she's not for a, the twisted. She's not a timeless being here. Right. The twisted mind of uh, Bray Wyatt. She is not responsible for that. Well, but she could be. No, she's not. I mean, anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation, okay? Except for that. I'm going to call it. Except for that. But I'm it could be. Foot down. I'm put my foot down. Don't make me call fence. I'm, I'm somewhere close to Connecticut. I will go knock on someone's doors and make sure that they're not. Nah. Uh-uh. Sister Abigail should be Daphne. That's my vote forever and ever. Daphne, it's Sister Abigail. Should have been, should have been uh, Sarah Logan slash Crazy Mary Dobson forever ago, but that was an I opportunity missed. Too, yeah, she's pregnant now, but Daphne's available. Just saying. No. All right. Uh, so yeah. So okay. So then. They keep fighting. Uh, they, they actually get to the swamp. Uh, we still have Bray Wyatt at, at this point. Uh, a lot, of, a lot, a lot more happened here. So he, uh, he, he used pronouns. Come on, uh, Strowman Braun uh, choke slams Bray onto a boat. Then the boat yeah. goes away, and then the boat returns, and it's empty and. Braun is perplexed by this. Was a dilapidated uh, boat in the middle of in the middle of a body of water. What did he expect? Okay. 
Uh, so he clearly did not yeah, see so the final deletion. So you know. Thank yeah, you. he did. He did not do his homework. Uh, and then so okay, Bray. I guess Bray still at this point, right? It's, it's not uh, the fiend yet. Yeah, yeah. Because the fiend yet. They, yeah. They're still fighting. They try to drown each other. And then eventually Braun comes back up and he's like standing by the dock, I guess, or laying ish. And then finally the fiend comes in, right? That's when he comes in with the uh, shovel. At this point, he was the fiend. And then he starts hitting uh, Braun and they start fighting. And then they go back into the swamp again. Or. Am I mixing my my timeline here? I mean, it, it was it a few days enough. ago. It sounds close enough. Like it's it was wild. And then, and then the show ends with the fiend rises again, and our champion in lost the in the swamps. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows. Uh, I'm so confused about this match. Yeah. Cinematically, it was well done. Okay. I will say yeah. that. I'll, I'll I love, give it that. I, like, yeah. I, I enjoyed the production. Uh, I enjoyed the mind games, I guess. But the execution of the wrestlers was just not there for me. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of hard to have this big fight in the swamp when it was low light, you know. But. Yeah, I definitely uh, was not really that into it either. I feel I feel like in a swamp match you could only do so much, right? You you got you got the swamp, and that's you're up your knees in water. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so you're gonna try to drown the guy. You're gonna hit him a few times. Try to drown him. Hit him a few times. Luckily, they found a swamp with no uh, with no alligators or any dangerous animals in their habitat. That's I mean that's true. Cause Didn't anybody try to get them and eat them for real, yeah. yeah it was yeah. Florida. They, they looked out and probably found a nice, <clears throat> a nice pond someplace with some surrounding foliage and. No pond. It was a real swamp. Oh, All I'm right. sorry. That's what they told us, so we're gonna believe that. Gotcha. That's right. That's right. Okay. Thanks. It's, it's, it's like they say, you know, believe in, believe in the shit. Like, you need that. You know? Come on. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I don't know. The execution just wasn't there for me. Um, I, again, I, I, I'm also didn't have very much high, high expectations about this. So, uh, I, I was hoping that the, the heavy editing would help. And I think, yeah. uh, that, like I said, the production was there. Uh, the execution, uh, I don't know. Uh, there was just a whole lot of drowning. And, you know, I don't know. Here in Georgia, people seem to always drown when they go to lakes. So, but alas, that's what we got. Was it a horror show at Extreme Rules? Yeah. So I'm gonna start with my grade for uh, extreme uh, extreme moves, the horror show or extreme moves, and give it a C minus. Yeah, I 
I'm definitely with you there on this. I think I'm going to go with a C just because I felt the early matches helped save the show. Um, yeah. the both women's title matches were really good. Um, the tables match was a lot of fun. Um, you know, even McIntyre and Ziggler with all of its shenanigans was, was entertaining. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and see just because the eye for an eye and the swamp fight, which essentially were the reasons why it was a horror show were, were so bad. I was not, I did not enjoy either of those matches. I, I see what you did there. Um, and yes, I, I will agree. This was not the best, um, of, of times for the WWE, the, the two anchor matches did bring down the show tremendously. I love the shenanigans with the, the women's matches with um, Bailey becoming a referee and what have you and all the craziness that ensued. That alone gives this show for me a C+. See what I did there? Right. C and I. We're just full of the puns. We are I will a say, punny, punny group this this evening uh, as far as the rating uh, as our ratings for the show you really have to see it to believe it uh, womp, 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 okay whatever <clears throat> stick to your day job kid thanks uh, all right uh let's see uh okay uh, time for our main event of the uh, of the evening. This time for real, uh, it is uh, four uh, new matches of uh, the Undertakers from uh, WrestleMania. Uh, and uh, did we save the best for last? Uh, uh, possibly, uh, because I really uh, enjoyed it. Um, and well, uh, we're gonna start where we always do. At the beginning, and this actually is not uh, the mid '90s. Uh, it's the late '90s for the first time we didn't go back to the early, early days. Uh, and Danny, I believe that this was your pick here. Uh, 1998, uh, WrestleMania 14. Um, of course, we've had uh, Kane uh, making his debut the previous year. Uh, and trying to get a fight against uh, Undertaker. Undertaker, of course, refusing after finally giving in. And here we are, WrestleMania 14, uh, 1997. Undertaker versus Kane, brother versus brother. Uh, what about this match? To that to you. Well, this was actually Eric's pick, um, but I'll oh, uh, go ahead bad. and talk about Talk about his I mi- pick. I, I, get my, I mix my 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 your cane matches. matches. Yeah, oh, your cane matches up. Um, so I ch- I actually chose the uh, a later match, but this was Eric's choice. I guess he there was such a long story build up to this to Kane. I mean, essentially, this was Kane's first match. You know, he had had he had run and attacked people, but he never really had a match because he only wanted a match with the Undertaker. Um, you know, at he attacked him at Bad Blood, and Undertaker still refused to fight him. So the fun thing with this match that I found, even upon this watching, was the mirror images that they were supposed to be. They pretty much all did the exact same moves, just with slight variations because of their sizes and stuff. 
but they both did the top rope diving clothesline. Of course, the big boot, choke slam, tombstone, you know. Um, the only thing Kane didn't do was the old school, but he did do like a springboard kind of dive uh, sledgehammer, which was kind of impressive just to see him hop to that rope really quickly. Um, and, you know, it ended up taking not one, not two, but three choke slams or three tombstones to defeat Kane. And Kane kicking out right after three on the third one. Paul Bearer getting involved and The Undertaker uh, taking a beating with a chair and taking a tombstone on the chair after the match. Um, so The Undertaker wins this one, of course, keeping his streak alive, but uh, does not really look like a victor come the end of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this match was kind of cool. Uh, you know, uh, we we you know we saw of course uh, a uh, I think uh, was it right before this that uh, that he was fake Diesel right because he had done Isaac Yank and DDS before Kane and then he yeah. did the fake Diesel in between uh, but yeah I mean this was a much younger much athletic much buffed. Uh, um, Kane here uh, and The Undertaker uh, you know just coming off a, a two month hiatus after uh, the uh, the casket match loss uh, at uh, the Royal Rumble but yeah I thought this was a, a good match uh, I think probably at this point the best big man match that The Undertaker had had uh, in a big time match here, because I mean he's had some uh, other questionable matches in the past. Yeah, um, with with other big competitors. Yeah. Yeah, uh, at rest, and I'm telling you WrestleMania. All right, so I'm, I'm not I'm not yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, say yeah, anything yeah, bad course. about Yokozuna because one of the best big men in the biz. But yeah, uh, for his WrestleMania matches, he has had some duds, and here he had somebody he he's equal in every way, being that. He was also his uh, brother, quote unquote. Uh, but yeah, uh, this uh, the Undertaker couldn't put down uh, Kane in that one, not two, but it took three tombstones to finally put down uh, Kane. Uh, of course, we would later uh, see them wrestle uh, in the rematch in an Inferno match uh, a month later, which uh, of course we actually got to see somebody. Uh, get on fire, uh, which oh, I also forgot somebody got put on fire at a horror show. Uh, yeah, I felt like I was watching a a NBA Jam, I'm like, he's on fire, but yeah, well, yeah. you know, yeah. so that that was WrestleMania 14. Uh, Mika, what do you remember about this match back in Nothing because she's out on location again. Uh, yeah, she's I don't being remember. essential. Oh, here she is. Yeah. Uh, well, for some people, 1998 was uh, the Attitude Era. Either you remember everything or you don't remember anything because. Yeah, I uh, mean that's kind of yeah. yeah. That's what the kind of Attitude Era was for some people. All right, I so I guess we're going. Uh, we go straight to your choice then. Not now that I yeah. had the, the the WrestleMania matches against Kane in order. Uh, we're going to two thousand and four. 
Uh, of course, uh, this is when um, this is actually a really fun one for me. I, I actually really enjoyed this because I, this yeah. was this was the return of uh, the Undertaker uh, as we the, the Dead up, Man Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, the Undertaker had uh, been. Uh, ha- had disappeared. He had been, been uh, buried a lot buried. Yeah. Yeah. Back in, uh, I don't remember what show it was, but I think it's Survivor Series. Uh, when, uh, when, the, when he, when the Undertaker wrestled against uh, Vince McMahon. Um, yeah. See that that kind of happened. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why we're not talking about that match. No. Let, let, let's try not to. Uh, but yeah, so the the dead man and this was biker taker. Uh, you know the that was buried alive and gone for good. Um, and so by this time, Kane was maskless. He was bold and ugly. Um, and yeah, so we get the return of where well, not only the Undertaker but oh yes. Paul Bear comes back with the the urn uh, better than ever, um, and yeah, we get to see the Phenom, the Dead Man, uh, the Lord of Darkness. Call him whatever you want, but here he is in his uh, basically his last incarnation, uh, still growing the hair. Uh, yeah. I will say, didn't like mid cut. Uh, Undertaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he, he was still growing the hair back. Like, hey, the old Undertaker, the dung, you know, the walk down, the you know, the whole shebang. It was just yeah. awesome to see. After what had it been at this point four plus years, almost five years, uh, since we had last seen. Uh, the Undertaker as we knew and, and loved and adored. But this was, uh, you know, what, what we were having as the Undertaker until, of course, this year when he retired. Uh, but here he comes against uh, against the big evil. And Kane was like, could not believe it. I love how at the beginning he just played like he could not believe no, this real. No, no, you're not real. I buried you. You can't be real. Yeah, I love that. So, Danny, uh, why did you pick Smash? Well, I mean, for the reasons we were just talking about, it was The Undertaker had been, you know, riding his motorcycle and he'd been Big Evil and he had been, you know, the Biker Taker and he had been, you know, changed himself for so many years. But this was finally the return to the Dead Man, The Undertaker, and the same, basically the same Undertaker we would see until he retired. Um, to me, this is my favorite version of Kane. After he had lost his mask and he was just completely like a, a, a maniac, he was, you know, trying to murder, he was basically trying to murder people. And uh, his, I felt Kane was just in such a good place. His physique, Kane's physique was his best it's ever been. His, his movements were great. His facial expression, the story of him going, No, I'm not, you know, I'm not real. And yeah, at the very beginning of the match, he like reaches out and he has to touch the Undertaker just to make sure that that's real and it's really him. Um, both guys looked great. We're at the top of their game. And, you know, although it's not as long as a lot of the Undertaker's matches would be, 
at WrestleMania. Um, I felt it's a great story. Both yeah. guys just looked great. They did a lot of great things in the matchup, and um, it was just a really fun match, and I really enjoyed watching it again. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I just remember one of my favorite parts, too, of the match is the entrances for both guys, um, where they had the New York City skyline up in the background, and it would glow with the with the guys. When Kane comes out, the whole New York City skyline's on fire. And um, it just was a cool, very cool visual. And the Undertaker then had the Brooklyn Bridge up there behind him, and the Brooklyn Bridge was shooting out bits of flame uh, from the top spires. Uh, just, just a very, 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 very good. A lot of fun all around. Um, but just, I just really enjoyed this matchup, and was really excited to, to watch it over again. Yeah. Uh, I th- this was a special show for many reasons. I mean, it was definitely one where the Undertaker returned. This was uh, WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Uh, and no, this and was I, this was it. Was this, this was where it all Hollywood? No, this they were in New York. This was where it all oh, began. Oh, yeah, yeah, again. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, WrestleMania where it up. all begins um, again. And so yeah, so that. This is the one with the montage when when they showed Vince Shane and Shane's firstborn at the in the opening. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I thought that that was pretty darn cool. Uh, and, and yeah, that theme that it, it all begins again was kind of very telling. Uh, and you're right. Uh, and uh, the the Golden Hollywood was the next WrestleMania. I was yeah. one year off. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought that you know that was kind of a great theme though, with you know everything beginning again because you know the Undertaker once again. Uh, and let's not forget that how this pay per view ended uh, with uh, Redacted winning the uh, WWE uh, Championship or the World Heavyweight Championship and having his uh, uh, you know this la- you know this confetti celebration with Eddie. Um, at the end, uh, so a, a lot of this show, but yeah, the Undertaker, uh, like you said, not a very long match, but a really great match. Just telling the story of the Undertaker being back, and you know, Kane being so tormented, the fact that the Undertaker is back, he could not believe it. It just, you know, it it, it was just huge, and it it did everything it was supposed to do. Yeah. Mika, do you remember 2004? She does not. I, was I don't. I don't remember two yeah. minutes ago. Um, oh, no, here we I, go. I, I, I was. I didn't remember a whole lot of this, but just going back and watching it, it was. It was. I think probably again, like you guys already said, the height of of Kane in in his portrayal of. You know, being this this tormented soul and just this madman undertaker, just being that badass demonic figure or whatever you want to call him that we were used to and scared of and in awe of, and um, it was it was a really good match, and it was one of those deals where you know you're like, okay, this is good, this is great. 
I'm a, a fan of not just The Undertaker. If you weren't a fan of uh, Kane, I think at the end of this, you became a Kane fan as well just by watching this match. Yeah. All right. I believe I got my, my dates right this time, uh, especially because, uh, of course, I, I chose this match. Uh, but WrestleMania 26. Uh, this was the career versus street match. Undertaker uh, versus Shawn Michaels. Now, initially, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, though he wanted this match, uh, you know, Undertaker wouldn't have nothing to do with it because he had already beat him once. Uh, the result was going to be the same, uh, and he didn't really care about uh, wrestling uh, Shawn Michaels. So, but here we are, uh, 2010 WrestleMania 26. Uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, does whatever it takes, uh, and eventually. Uh, you know, getting uh, getting the Undertaker to to accept the challenge once uh, uh, Shawn Michaels cost him the the World Heavyweight Championship uh, at Elimination Chamber against Chris Jericho. So once Shawn Michaels took away the championship from Undertaker, that's it. Oh, he wanted to end that career, and man, they, they, so this is my choice now. I do believe, in my personal opinion, uh, the the WrestleMania 25 match between Shawn and Undertaker was the better of the two. But for Undertaker, I think this was such a huge match because uh, if you look back at the career of Shawn and Undertaker, I mean, since the you know, since I was 1996, you know, I mean, you go back to that Survivor Series way, way back or in the early 90s when, um, you know, oh, which one was it? We I just watched it not longer, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Bret Hart yeah. was there and Sean turned on, Sean attacked The Undertaker and that led to bad blood. Yeah, 1998. Yeah, yeah, so all those big matches, and then you had, uh, you know, I feel like like these two guys have always had feuds here and there, uh, and some great classic matches. And here, it, this is the end of the feud forever, so we thought. Uh, you know, almost 20 well, years you later, know. You know, we got duped, or almost 10 years later. Uh, yeah. I can't remember my dates here, here or there. Uh, but yeah, so. We we get the end of the match. Man, it was a great match uh, for the Undertaker uh, because he had you know he showed so much more vulnerability here. Whether he was really uh, you know hurt or he was just worn out, uh, but I, I felt like he was such emotion out of both guys, uh, and you know you, you get the Undertaker. Uh, taking the the chin, uh, sweet chin music, I can't speak today. Uh, you know, and then doing the moonsault there to uh, break that table. The table spot was really fun. Uh, and then, man, uh, with the Undertaker, and at the end, just, I thought when he hit that tombstone that Sean kicked out of, I 
I thought that was gonna be it, and I was shocked when that when that didn't go through. And then, and then of course, uh, the Undertaker at the end takes off. You know, you know his the top. He puts his, uh, you know, not sleeves, but uh, his shirt down. And Sean's like, "Come on!" And does one more cut, yeah. tombstone. Yeah, he he uh, he does the cut through, and he slaps him. Uh, that was all you needed to say. Undertaker, one more tombstone, uh, and he was out. But yeah, uh, I I I think for the Undertaker's legacy and the end of an era, the end of the feud here, even though. Two years later, we would have another end of an era match, and of course, uh, ten years later, we had yeah. another end of an era match. But well, um, yeah, it is the era that never okay. ends. Those were all different eras. Yeah. Because it's the, because it's the era that never ends, and I will tell all of them, my friends. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I love this match. It was great. Uh, both matches were great uh, for their own reasons. Very special matches. But, uh, for the Undertaker here to retire Shawn Michaels, put the final final nail in Shawn's coffin, so to speak. Uh, it was definitely something. Um, yeah, one of my favorite parts is that moonsault into the table, especially thinking Sean's age. It's not like he's a 24-year-old daredevil. He was, you know, past 40. He had already retired once due to back injury. He's getting ready to retire again, you know, and he literally was going to lay it all out on the line, um, going big, you know, going for broke with the moonsault. Very, very easily could have ended badly for both of them, but, uh, just an outstanding spot, an outstanding visual um, of of Sean just going going for broke completely and uh, hitting that moonsault, smashing through the table. Um, just a really fun match. Really fun, really iconic. A lot of oohs and ahs, ups and downs that both guys had you thinking this could be it either way. That's, I think that's one of the best things about um, a match with Undertaker during WrestleMania is that if you have, if he has the right opponent, especially if he missed this streak, you really felt that he could possibly lose, that this could go the wrong way. Um, I guess the wrong way for the Undertaker in, in this case, but um I, I, I love the performance from both guys, even even though it was like, I don't know, it was weird for me because, again, Sean, once again, suiting up to, to do battle with the dead man when we know Sean was literally at the end of his little Texas rope there. So that was, that was a good match, and uh, yeah. Did we all go away?
I don't know. We we lost you on assignment. I thought, but you finished your statement. I did. I finished. I was. I was. Okay. Yeah. I didn't tap out. I'm but, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Patrick, who it's was all lost right. in assignment. Then. Maybe maybe we were all lost in assignment. Uh, but yeah. So now we're gonna move on to the last match. Uh, be you know of the streak before it was over. And Mika, this was your choice. So before I kind of set the stage of where we were and how we got there, why did you choose this match? Um, This match was because it was, uh, it should have been by all rights and means, the main event of this WrestleMania. Um, The reason it was not is because a little Hollywood, a little bit of um, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson coming back to um, fight John Cena wound up being um, the main event of this. They called it a, a triple main event or what have you, but that was not the case. Um, Punk had been the champion going into this, and um, he lost to Cena and so set up The Rock and Cena's match, but CM Punk had been champion for 434 days, and he needed redemption. He needed a fight. What better way to redeem yourself after being champion for over a year than to fight The Undertaker at WrestleMania and defeat not just the man, not just the myth, not just the legend, but the streak in general to bury it, um, so to speak. Um, This... This match was, I don't want to say it was, but in essence, it was kind of thrown together because the WrestleMania main event had been made previously, um, like almost a year out with Rock and Cena um, kind of being a teaser. So they really didn't have anything for Punk, but Punk made um, chicken salad out of chicken soup because at this time he went into this, um, this feud with The Undertaker leading to WrestleMania doing some of his best evil work based off of real-life events. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Paul Bearer had passed, and um, uh, Punk took it upon himself, he and his uh, advocate, Paul Heyman, to go around with an urn, which they said contained the ashes of Paul Bearer and tormented The Undertaker with it. So um, it, was, it was literally a matter of good versus evil in this matchup for uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, this is definitely one of the best builds, I think, you know, with uh, Undertaker uh, once again uh, being gone. Uh, but then he he returns, and he returns and is looking for a challenger to the street. And, well, we get a few challengers, uh, but CM Punk was the lucky winner. Of course, like you said, Mika, he... He lost his championship to The Rock. I'm sure he was very mad about that, and he wanted to prove uh, something here, make a statement. And yeah, I, I thought that the whole build. Well, initially we had it was just gonna, you know, the, I'm not sure what the build was going to be before Paul Bear died. But once Paul Bear passed away, uh, they took that running and took it all the way. Uh, you know, to the end zone. Uh, fantastic work. Uh, I still remember when um, when uh, Heyman came out one day at night as Paul Bearer. 
Jurassic Park there, yeah. Yeah, it was, and then they had the doors and everything, and oh my god, I mean, they did everything they could uh, to push the Undertaker, and uh, the match itself probably one of uh, my favorite Undertaker matches uh, of, of all time. Uh, this, you know, of course, this is uh, now even more of a hybrid uh, Undertaker. He had the crew cut, uh, the really short hair. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to kind of be a mohawk, I think, but it ended up being kind of this yeah. crew cut because he was kind of balding a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not sure what was going on there, but he was shorter than when he was Biker Taker. Uh, and yeah. then him and, uh, and Punk... They, they they were out there to make a statement that night, you know, and uh, they were third, you know, thir- you know the, the third main event, like Mika said, uh, and the the third sh- uh, longest match of the night. But they made a statement. I think, in my personal opinion, the best of the three matches, the best match on the card, um, and of course uh, with the Undertaker victorious here. Uh, in 22 minutes, uh, but fantastic. And, you know, wh- one thing, like The Undertaker was in top shape. Uh, and I thought that was also great because, you know, we got the best CM Punk we could get. We got the best Undertaker. And yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, I it had been a while since I've seen this match, but I bought the DVD of this show specifically for this match um, after it came out. And uh, the build, the promos, the story, um, where Undertaker had been fighting people for the last several years for different reasons, this made this kind of a blood feud um, because of the disrespect to you know the recently passed Paul Bearer. Um, and it just made it a whole different type of match than his than the previous several years where he had been against Sean and Sean and Triple H and Triple H, um, all focused on breaking the streak. Now that was, of course, what Punk wanted to do, but he was trying to do it a different way. He was, you know, he was saying, "Hey, a disqualification or a countout uh, still ends the streak," and he was going to literally try to do that to the Undertaker, get beat him any way he could. Um, to, to try and gain redemption after, uh, allow me to correct you, Mika, it was The Rock who beat uh, I, I get my, Punk for I the get championship. I Hollywood icons, <clears throat> quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock and Cena, they look yeah. alike, so I'm sorry. Yeah, they're, one the, they're, they're two halves of the same coin, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was The Rock who beat him in January, and then in February, Punk challenged the rematch and lost the rematch and then was looking to find what he could do to to kind of put himself back up on the up the upper echelon as he was getting forgotten about for for Rock and Cena again, um, and just such a good match. Both guys literally went all out and um, just so much fun. I yeah, I just can't say enough good things about this match. Really, like you want to talk about all out. Um, this is how I unfortunately knew that John. Excuse me. That Punk was going to lose this match. Um, all out for WrestleMania, Punk got played to the ring. His theme song, called Personality oh, yeah. by Living Color. 
Um, they they came and out. They and they sounded so yeah. good. They, they sounded, sounded so amazing. good. Um, Especially like this, they were older, and the guy's voice was still hitting all those high notes and had that power still. Um, still such a, an amazing entrance, but he came out first. He came out and unfortunately did not. For unfortunately for him, he would not be the one to beat the Undertaker. But Paul Heyman would find the man who would beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I mean. Isn't that the win when you're a Heyman guy? One Heyman guy beats the Undertaker streak, and every Heyman guy. Beats All the Heyman guys win. There you go. Right. Uh, that, the whole Heyman nation wins. Uh, I'm a Heyman girl, so we we beat the Undertaker. I am I go. am one of the many. collectively. Um, exactly. But yeah, they all out. I mean, Undertaker and Punk literally did everything and anything in this match. Um, Punk went old school. He tried to do it twice, but um, the one time he, you know, got crotched. But he he mocked the Undertaker throughout his entire match. Again, keeping that continuity that had been happening previous to the match. During the match, um, he did the pin, the Undertaker's famous pin, where he puts the arms on the chest and has his tongue stuck out. I mean, um, go to sleep. Punk picked up the Undertaker and and like, tried to hit the GTS, and that right there. I, Thing was possible because the Undertaker's size and frame um, compared to Punk way bigger, at least seemingly. It looks like two feet, but I could be exaggerating. But he, the man's taller than Punk. He's more girthier than Punk. But Punk hoisted up the dead man and, and tried to put him down. Heyman stopped Taker from diving. The Spanish nail table got cleared off so, you know, Taker could put Punk through the damn thing. Just a whole lot happened in this match where. This was, we talked about end of era matches as they, they called them, but this was Punk's last WrestleMania, but this was one of the better of the latter part of Undertaker's WrestleMania um, times and being out there and actually being able to not just put on a show and beat an Undertaker, but to actually perform in the ring and to keep up with an opponent to give as good as he got and to have at the end of the match when he won to to get those ashes and have that um that sort of uh, it can't be a happy ending because Paul Bearer is gone but to kind of have that rest in peace moment where he's reunited with Heyman excuse me not Heyman Paul Bearer's you know earned the ashes and he can kind of go off into the sunset and and be at peace with you know his his long time um I don't know, leader, manager, being gone. So this was amazing um, and, and kind of, you know, 35 minutes of the best, of two of the best that have ever laced up a pair of boots. Yeah, I, I, I love everything about this. All the work they did outside, uh, you know, uh, Undertaker trying to do all school and failing at first. Uh, under under you know with CM Punk going to, doing the uh, you know the elbow drop uh, you know and of course I also love when they uh, broke the uh, the Spanish announce table and took out the Spanish announce guy whatever his name was uh, Pablo that Leo that was it was one Juan. of them his name was Juan not trying to be you know. funny I think his name really was Juan. Let, 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 let's, let's find that. Hold on. 
Uh, no, I, I think you. it might have been Carlos Cabrera. It, it was Carlos Cabrera. You're right. It was not Marcelo because Marcelo's the smarter one. Carlos. Yeah, Cabrera. he, he, he got in the way real quick. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that here uh, you, you got a guy in CM Punk who's you know who's gonna give it to you. And he's gonna go uh, give you a two hundred percent. Uh, he doesn't play around, and you know the Undertaker at this point was very much also a submissions guy uh, with you know Hell's Gate and whatnot. So I think these two styles mesh great. CM Punk uh, is one of those talented guys that can work with any type of style, and Undertaker's hyper style was perfect. Uh, in, in the end, uh, even uh, I think what was it the 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 hit with the urn that. The guy, the Undertaker, cut in the forehand. Uh, I can't remember. That's he hit him in the back of the head with the urn. Okay, he's going for the last rod. I just don't remember when exactly he got cut in the forehead. Then I think it was during uh, the table spot, maybe. Gotcha. I think you're right. Yeah, I've seen this recently, but I like my memory sucks. Uh, but yeah, by the end of the day, of course. Uh, I've been trying to go back uh, with the uh, near finish uh, until we see the Undertaker hit Tombstone and uh, win. Uh, no, not the last time he won, but the last win of the streak here. Uh, and was this the first time that that he came that when he left, he did the whole uh, fist up, you know, racist fist. I can't remember if he had done it before this. I think he's done it before. Uh, I think he had. I think he, yeah, maybe so. Because he wrestled. Because before. he wrestled against Triple H the night that the WrestleMania before, and that's the day he they all lived together. Shot, yeah, they they were all hugging. So yeah, they were they were carrying then. Triple H out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just don't remember if he did it at uh, WrestleMania twenty seven. He didn't do it against Sean. I know that. Either one, I don't believe, but I could be wrong. But I remember him doing, you know, him doing here, and I was thinking, oh, they have, you know, I mean, we've watched a lot of his WrestleMania matches, but I, I don't remember if this may have been the first time that he did the whole fist thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, The Undertaker, huh, what a career. What a career here. Uh, the streak is over the next year, but we get to see someone on The Undertaker until his last ride at WrestleMania 36, part two, or no, part one. Right, this happened on the Saturday one. I keep forgetting WrestleMania was two nights this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, everything's been a little weird this year, so easy uh. to forget. But yeah, what a memorable uh, road here uh, looking at The Undertaker. Uh, it, it's been really fun. Uh, but, you know, re, re, you know, The Undertaker uh, will always be a special character in uh, the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. One that, you know, we knew eventually would come to an end. Uh, but I'm glad that we get to see him and uh, I can't wait till he eventually gets to the Hall of Fame. He properly headlines in front of a crowd um, because if anyone deserves that, it's the Undertaker. 
So now that we've done, here's the big question. Now that we've done four weeks of the Undertaker, what are, what do we do next week? Well, uh, I'm glad that you asked because I was kind of thinking about it. Well, we've just done. I feel like we've done individual matches for like the last three months, three or four months. Yeah, uh, yeah. We did so individual we wrestlers, go, and then we did yeah. women's wrestling, and then we did the Undertaker. So I I think. In honor of being that it's August coming up and we're getting a COVID type SummerSlam, I thought we could pick four random SummerSlams and just review the shows. So each each week, a random SummerSlam. A different SummerSlam. Uh, yeah. And. Yeah, I, I think that would be interesting because there's a lot of good ones. I mean, if you think about, and maybe not top to bottom card, maybe there's some, you know, these are other, but, uh, man, you know, you think about the early years when Hogan was basically wrestling everybody or teaming up with everybody. Uh, I think, you know, the iconic SummerSlam in 1992 from Wilby Stadium, you know, um, then, you know, you get... I don't even remember, but you know, Undertaker versus Undertaker, that whole SummerSlam was a thing. Um, then there, you know, just even to the last few ones. I mean, I, I still can't believe that. I think was it like the last four or five SummerSlams that uh, Brock Lesnar has main evented uh, or headlined, as they say. It is the last um, five. Yeah, You're so it's, right, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, that's what I was thinking. SummerSlam in August? Why not? Let's talk about it. There, there, there's, a, there's a lot of good ones out there. There's a lot of gems in those uh, in, in, in those SummerSlam shows. A lot of jams. I like that. Gems. I said gems. Oh, I'm sorry. My English. That's a, not, not, yeah, not, not, to, not to be confused with gems, because you know I don't I don't go to them. Uh, oh, but yeah, I, I mean, at, at the top of my head, um, the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks, uh, I think, uh, happened one of the early, uh, if not the first SummerSlam. Uh, I did mention That's the, the Wembley Stadium one in 1992. Um, what's another one that I, okay. 1994. The Undertaker versus Undertaker. Yeah. That Undertaker, was in Chicago yeah. in 94. That, that was, uh, that, 1994 is always just a memorable for me. Um, and uh, which one was the one where uh, Austin got uh, paralyzed? That was, um, was, that, was that that's 97, right? Yeah, that was 97. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was a good one, uh, and there's a few other ones. Uh, I mean, I don't think we want to talk about the one with Hogan versus Michaels uh, that happened in the mid 2000s. Uh, I like to forget uh, yeah. that one there. To uh, well, two, I mean, two even, best. Even if, you, even if you think about, you know, a more recent SummerSlam, one of my one of my favorites just for a few matches on there, SummerSlam 2013. You had Christian and Del Rio. You had Punk taking on Lesnar. Um, Bray Wyatt making his debut. And then, of course, your big main event was uh, 
Daniel Bryan winning the championship from John Cena. Only to be but cashed in on or, or by Randy Orton. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's a really good event. I really enjoyed that one, and that's a much you know that's a more recent one. I mean, it's 2013, right. but it's recent compared to 90s. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's a whole. I mean, like that one. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a, there's definitely a lot of gems everywhere there. Um. You know, I think uh, the, the was did the Rock and Lesnar wrestling one of those uh, Summer Slams? It was like not long before uh, Rock said bye bye. That was maybe like two thousand and three or two thousand. Oh, it was 2002? I thought it was 2002. 2003. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like a championship. Yeah, and then that was like the first time The Rock stepped away to go do Scorpion King or whatever he did for one yeah, of his first Yeah, and then I, I, I think what's it after that? The the next one where um, Sean won the Elimination Chamber to beat, to win the championship? Mm-hmm. Or am I imagining this? Um. Uh, yeah, wait. No, I don't have that one. I'm just looking at the Summer Slams all together there. Thank goodness for Wikipedia. I can't, so I can't I remember when it was the Sean won the championship. Maybe it was an Elimination Chamber. Maybe it was an Elimination Chamber, but it just wasn't that one. Sean well, yeah. Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, I think I think it was the first elimination chamber when he won it, but he had lost it by this time. I think so I think he won it right when he came back in two thousand two. But you yeah, there's that. that was two thousand and three. You're right. I found it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole lot of gems everywhere. Um, so I think I think yeah, I think we can look at these and. And pick some. Uh, Danny, Mika, Eric. When he comes back, and I, we go pick one rest, one SummerSlam, and cover the month of August. The world of SummerSlam. That's. I'm just looking at some of the posters. I'm like, wow, you could tell the attitude here. Uh, yeah. From the when it was when it was like. Uh... And when it was Tori Wilson was on the you know in a bikini for the poster or whatever. There's the one from 2003 is Sable. She's got oh, nothing yeah. on but a logo. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, Hello. You know where the we know where the Divas era went. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that was pre Divas yeah. era technically, but it was same. Same deal too. 2006 is yeah the the crazy DX barbecue so yeah there's a lot of all fun matches and crazy posters wow no so I, I think so uh, so the yeah the, hey, that's the reason why it's the biggest party in the summer uh, summer slam so that's what we'll do in August uh, I'm excited to see and uh, I know I keep promising these shows will be out. Very soon. The goal is by the end of July, we'll have all 23 live episodes uh, on demand for everybody to hear. Uh, as I said, raw, unedited, and uncensored. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Oh. Leading to NXT TakeOver, Triple X. Yeah. 
Uh, 30. So, uh, with that, uh, be sure to uh, subscribe uh, to Podbean to listen to the live shows. Uh, also, on you know, all the backlogger shows from Podbean, the iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, check us out on uh, the Twitter machinery. Uh, Danny's on Twitter at Danny F and Danger. Mika's on Twitter at uh, Mika Villas. Uh, Eric's on Twitter at uh, EJ23X. I always try to remember that one. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. Until next time, keep watching wrestling.